Greetings, I'm Elizabeth Emery with Hear Her Sports, the female athlete podcast. Join me every other week for a conversation with great women in sports. This week's guest is LPGA pro golfer Megan Kang. Megan started playing golf at five and a half years old. She's been coached by her father, Lee, all her life. Lee Kang has also been her caddy up until the end of last year. 2016 was Megan's LPGA rookie year, so she's still new to the pro-life and everything that entails. We talk about that, working with her father, love of golf, top five goals on poster boards, training, money, her current caddy, the LPGA founders, acai bowls, and more. Talking to Megan, I thought a lot about how each of my guests are quite different, and I love meeting such a range of athletes. Megan is one of the few young athletes who has been on the show. She is so open about what it's been like to start her pro career and about her decision not to go to college. And it was refreshing talking to someone so new and so excited about her career and future. Megan Kang, thank you for being here and welcome to Hear Her Sports. So can you introduce yourself just quickly? Uh, Well, I'm Megan Kang. This is my third year on the LPGA Tour. I grew up in Massachusetts where the weather is known for the winter sometimes. Um, My dad has taught me golf ever since I started playing, and it's kind of just been that way ever since, so it's a family affair. Yeah, that's great. I I want to ask you about learning from your father. That's so interesting. I just, you know, I think about learning something from my father, and I can imagine a lot of disagreements. Definitely. I think having your father as your coach definitely brings in another aspect, because sometimes you refer to him more as a dad rather than a coach and he looks at me more as a daughter than a student sometimes so then we get those kind of conflict of interests and we can kind of say things to each other that a normal teacher student couldn't say to each other <laughs> <laughs> which can lead to problems which can definitely lead to problems but that's when my mom comes in and she's the mediator she's like our rock in the family so it's really great to have her well that's nice so how did how did you and your dad sort of work out a, a working relationship that you can sort of leave on the golf course, I hope. Uh, we're still figuring that out. Um, but um, we've gotten better, I think, over the years. I think he's realized that, or well, we both realized that this is a team effort and we're not going to have great days every day. But in the end, family is what's most important and golf is just a sport. So we kind of just have to remind ourselves that family comes first. And I know that your father loved golf almost from the get-go so what do you love about golf I love that like golf just kind of it's a reflection of you so you can't really go around being like oh like my teammate cost us the game where like in golf it's it's like oh it was my missed shot that cost me to not get that top 10 or not get that win therefore it's mainly all on you and you don't really have to rely on anyone else so I really love that aspect. Right. That's a lot of pressure, though. It is. But I think you learn to grow a lot faster and you realize that golf is pretty much a reflection of life. So it teaches you a lot of ups and downs and how to deal with it. Did you play other sports as a kid? Uh, growing up, I, um, I did the whole like, soccer thing. It was, I was never really super competitive like I was with golf. Uh, in the winters, I went uh, up to New Hampshire and did a lot of skiing and snowboarding, but never competed. So golf is really the only sport that I've actually been competing in since I was little. And did you like it right away? Uh, well, I think for any kid, it 
and you take them to the golf course, it's a little boring at first because you're by yourself. You don't really get to see a lot of kids. But I think the more I started to play and the more I realized, like, oh, like, I'm doing pretty good. Like, I can do better if I just didn't do all this. I think I started to love the game more and just kind of started to grab my attention more as I started growing up. And at what point did you focus pretty exclusively on the golf? Uh, I'd have to say, like, when I was around six or seven when I started competing golf in golf and I got to travel and see the world, meet new people, and just getting to play all these new places that I have not been to, it just kind of made me realize that, oh, this is what I want to do. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm pretty good at it. I think I can make something out of it. And, and you were pretty good right from the start, it sounds like. Um, I mean, when you're a kid, every, you pick up things a lot faster than you would as an adult. And I think with my dad being my coach and everything, he was always on top of me. So he knew like, okay, hey, like after school, we're going to go work on your driver today because we want to make sure it's a little straighter so you get in the fairways. I think having him around every day of my life definitely made the process go a lot faster rather than having to go see a coach maybe like once a week. And it definitely saved us like a lot of expenses as well. Right, right. I hadn't thought about that aspect of, you know, sort of having a coach on call all the time. That's great. It's a big team effort. And he's definitely put a lot of his time into me. I'd say the majority of his last, what, 20 years. <laughs> is, is he able to get a break now? Uh, we're starting to ease up on it. So uh, last year was the last six tournaments. Over in Asia, I decided that I wanted to go off on my own just to try out traveling by myself. So we're working on trying to maybe have him ease off a little on the travel. That way we can still maintain that father-daughter relationship. That way he's not always my coach traveling with me. Mm -hmm. And who are you taking as a caddy when he's he's not there? Uh, so I'm actually using Kurt Moscali. He caddied for Christina Kim last year. And Christina was kind enough to let me use him last year for the last five or six events. And we just kind of hit it off. And I asked him if he would like to caddy for me uh, for this year. And he agreed. And so far, it's been so good. Cool. That's great. So in 2016 was your rookie year. So what's it been like to be a professional? Uh, I mean, my life really hasn't changed. I tried not to change too much other than all the traveling. I still love to come back and hang out with my family, and it's just kind of different knowing that I can do a lot more with what I do rather than uh, I would have been in school right now if I had not turned pro. So if I look at it from that aspect, I definitely can do a lot more for myself and others than I would probably be able to do if I were in college. And what's been the hardest part of becoming a pro? I think getting used to the traveling because, um, as you know, the LPGA does not stay in the U.S. as often. So traveling and like making my own travel arrangements, hotels, car rentals, flights, I think having to organize all of that on my own was definitely the hardest part and getting to know the golf courses because we go to like, some of these courses and the veterans are just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to play nine holes today. And I'm like, you're not going to play 18? <laughs> And they go, oh, no, I've been here like 10 times. Like, I don't really need to. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go play 18. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you brought up two things I want to talk about. I'm really surprised that you're making all your, your travel arrangements. I sort of 
expected? I don't know. You had a posse of people doing all that. <laughs> um, no, I actually make my own travel arrangements. I try to do everything at, on my own because I'm actually pretty – I like to pick my own flights. And I feel like if someone were to tell me, this is your flight and make sure you get there, I'd be like, well, I don't want to go at that time. Um, <laughs> I want to – I want to like sleep in a little. I want to take the later flight or I want to take the earlier flight. So um, I tend to do things on my own. And then that way I know for 100% that this is my flight and that I don't have to worry about, oh, like, uh, are they sure they booked the right one? Am I getting on the right airline? And uh, I don't have to worry about going to the airport, not knowing if I have a ticket or not. Right. And where do you stay? A lot of the weeks I actually have host families. Oh, that's nice. So I stay with them and I get to see them every year and we keep in touch throughout the year. And when I'm not staying in a host family, I kind of just look on like the websites like Priceline or just look around like what's close to the golf course and try to find a reasonable hotel. Um, But we do on occasion have host hotels, but I tend to veer off from the host hotels. <laughs> right. I, th- I think the host family thing is such a phenomenon. When I raced bikes, we stayed with host families a lot. And I just thought it was so strange that we would come in and they would say, okay, do whatever you want. The fridge is yours. I think that's so interesting. Uh, it's definitely interesting. And it's really great that they're willing to open up their homes. And you meet a lot of great people just by doing host families. I mean, I had a host family my rookie year up in Canada and every time I go back to Canada they message me hey welcome back to Canada um hope to see you do well and I just go oh thank you like how are the kids and everything so it's really cool you make a lot of friendships out there just based off of host families yeah I love staying with host families and it's so much nicer than staying in most of the hotels I mean you do have the run of the place and I don't know a living room with a nice tv and a separate bedroom and all that yeah, and it gives you like a home vibe feel, so right, that's right. awesome. Yeah. Do you like traveling as much as you are? Um, I mean, I personally, I still love traveling. I think that's just the young me. But, I mean, I'm sure eventually I just want to cut back a bit on some tournaments because traveling like I did last year was like 10 weeks in a row. It's a little much on the body. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I still do love traveling. How do you do with eating on the road? I mean, are you good at eating well while you're out? I try to eat well on the road. Like if there's like a good juice place or an acai bowl place, I'll probably go out of my way just to go. Um, I mean, there's the typical chains like the Olive Garden and Texas Roadhouse that I'll go occasionally. But I mean, I try not to eat super big meals. I try to somewhat stay healthy because I know not every week I'm going to get a home-cooked meal. So I got to try to restrain myself from going straight to the fast food is that your favorite yeah the fast food is just so easy it's just it's a go-to you get it like in two minutes it's very easy to cave into the fast food yep yep so i want to talk a little bit about your actual playing and training and stuff like that so talk to me a little bit about what kind of training you're doing training regarding off the golf course or on. Um, I do want to know both off and on. And I definitely want to know more about the <laughs> basement golf swing drills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see those videos. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, when I'm on the golf course and it's like during a tournament week, I try not to overwork myself. 
I'll maybe do like nine holes on Monday, nine holes Tuesday, and then if I'm in the pro-am, I'll go play the pro-am. And uh, if I'm not in the pro-am, I'll just kind of take it easy that day. That way I don't strain my body before the week. Um, I try to work on a lot of short game, especially when I've been traveling like for the past couple weeks. That's the first thing I'll go to. I'll go to like straight to the putting green or the chipping green. And then maybe on like a Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll start to actually work on the range. That way I can ease into it rather than going straight for the full swing. Does the uh, full swing take a lot out of you? Uh, not too much. I mean, if you're not swinging super hard, it shouldn't take that much out of you. Uh, I try not to swing so hard. But um, it definitely takes a lot more energy than it would just doing like little chips and putts. So, um, yeah, and like if it's an off week, I kind of just work on my swing rather than going to play golf and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I, I'm constantly playing on the road. And when I come back home, I feel like I just need to work on my swing to make it more repeatable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what's going on in the basement? So in the basement, um, my dad. So with my swing, I tend to get a little steep. And what my dad did down there is he made it so I could swing the golf club. But if I hit anything, I know I was like off plane. So he made it so if I swing it on the correct path, I shouldn't hit anything. Therefore, the little gadgets and gizmos down there in the basement. <laughs> let me just, let me just, so what he's, <laughs> you have to see this. It's really, it's very hilarious. But what you're saying is that if you swing properly, there's a clear path. But if you go off that proper swing, you're going to hit all sorts of other stuff. I'm going to hit whatever's in the way if I don't get on that. <laughs> proper path that's awesome i love how your dad learned all of this you know just on his own and made up you know made up these contraptions and stuff yeah he's um he what do we call him uh well we call him like golf nut but um i think he like loses sleep over trying to figure out with a new uh invention to perfect the swing has it helped i mean it looks like it of course would help it's definitely helped. My swing's gotten uh, better, but I mean, as you know, golf is a never-ending sport that can be perfected, so yeah, everyone always wants more. Right. There's n- never going to be an end to that, which is okay. Yeah, what, what what little things are you working on, and what really big things are you working on? Um, Some little things I'm working on is just trying to just bring the club back up on plane. I mean, I guess that's a big thing, because the swing is the most important thing. <laughs> So we're still working on the swing um, right on my takeaway. Short things we're working on is, like, getting a better, like, short game, making sure my up and down percentage is, like, above uh, above average. That way, if I do miss the green, I have no problem getting up and down from anywhere. Mm-hmm. I meant to ask you, are you doing any cardio work or strength training or anything like that? Uh, on the road, I tend not to do as much as I do at home. At home, I'll, like, practice in the morning, and around, like, 2 or 3 o'clock, I'll head to the gym for a couple hours and just kind of work on, like, stamina, cardio, and just, like, stretching so that uh, everything stays loose. Do you do any yoga or things like that? I don't do yoga. I'm not the most flexible person, so... <laughs> I am. Um, I just got to make sure I stretch out. I don't think I could do a lot of the yoga poses. I would think, you know, traveling so much, it would be hard to, 
I don't know, continue to work on your swing. And, you know, as you said, you don't go to the gym when you're on the road. I mean, is it hard to sort of maintain your fitness while you're on the road? It's definitely harder to maintain the fitness on the road. I mean, we do have a van that travels with us that has like some gym equipment. So I'll go in there once in a while, do some stretches. And even when I'm not in that gym, I'll just like maybe do stretches in my room or just kind of rehearse a my backswing, my takeaway in the hotel room with my clubs just to try and make sure I can ingrain it much better. And how do you prepare, you know, you're at the tournament, how do you prepare for the tournament? And you talked about doing the full 18 holes. What else do you do? Well, I spend most of my time on the putting green because, I mean, drive for show, putt for dough. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a lot of time on the putting green because – if you look at like any stat card, majority of your shots do come from the putting green. And if you can get those numbers down, you'll it'll reflect your total score. So more so just I like to focus more so on the short game rather than the full swing. I mean, obviously, if I'm not having a great uh, ball striking day, I'll go straight to the range and figure it out. But in the end, I think from 100 yards in, that's where you're really making your best shots. And what kind of things are you looking for on the putting green for a tournament that's coming up? Uh, for me, I try to focus on my stroke, make sure I'm like constantly going through the ball rather than maybe like pushing it or pulling it or decelerating while going through the ball. So I just kind of want to get that consistent stroke, maybe like a straight back, straight through kind of feel rather than making my hands like taking it offline where a lot more bad things can happen if I don't take it straight back, straight through the way I want to. Mm-hmm. And I heard some commentary, I think it was for a recent tournament, that the commentator was saying that you know your contours of the course really well. Is that something you work on? Uh, definitely. When I'm like uh, doing a practice round on the course, I try to soak it up all in, in my yardage book. I mean, I'll write notes like uh, this green, if the pin is a back pin, we can use the backstop that way. I don't limit myself just to having to play like five yards short and checking it rather I could have different kind of um, views of the hole. Like if I'm in the rough and I know I look at my yardage book and it says I have that backstop, I can go, hey, I can play for it to release a little and come back down rather than trying to land it 15 short and hoping it runs out. Does the caddy play a big role in this this kind of tactics? Uh, definitely. My caddy, Kurt, he talks me out of some shots that I would be too stubborn <laughs> to do sometimes. That's um, funny. Some shots he'll be like, Megan, like, I don't think you, you don't really need to go for this pin. You can use the backstop or you can use the side and it'll come back in. And I'll be like, no, I want to go for it. And he goes, just think about it real quick, Megan. Um, You don't need to. You're playing well. And um, I'll be like, okay, we'll do the side shot and use the hill. And um, I'll execute the shot, go right where I want it to, and we'll have like a 15 foot for Barry and he'll be like, he'll look at me and I go, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I watch some golf, not a ton, but I'm always impressed by the relationship, you know, between the golfer and the caddy. I think that's really great. Yeah. um, I think if you ask Kurt, he'd, he wouldn't know what to say. Some (laughs) of the things I talked to him about on the course, (laughs) I like to um, give him a hard time. Are there any women caddies? There are, like, uh, Brittany Lincecum has a female caddy, Missy, 
Kim Kaufman also has a female caddy, Audrey. Um, Elena Sharp has Sarah. Cool. And uh, I want to say there's another one. It's not off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what do you think makes you a good golfer? Ah, that's a good question. What makes me a golfer? I mean, I try not to hold on to things. So, you know, if the more you hold on to, like, bad things that happen onto the course and you drag it onto the next hole, it's just going to bring you down. So I think my kind of head is just kind of just let it go and you can try to get it back on the next hole. So I try not to get too down on myself. And I think that's definitely helped me to become a good golfer. Um, I mean, I just I try not to be a negative person when it comes to my golf game and on the course, especially when I need to focus. I can't be dwelling on the past when there's nothing I can do about it. It's interesting. I mean, all those things that you mentioned are all sort of related to confidence and sort of the mental game rather than any physical attribute. I think golf is like 90% mental and then 10% physical. (laughs) Do you do anything to work on the the mental side? Uh, No, not really, actually. I just kind of, I talk to my mom, talk to my dad. My mom always jokes with me like, oh, if you can deal with your dad, you can deal with anyone. (laughs) So I think that definitely helped. Having my dad the way he is, it's definitely helped me. And, And have you been gaining confidence since being a rookie? I think I've definitely gained more confidence because as a rookie, I was more nervous. I think the first few events, I, I think I told my dad. My dad was catting for me my rookie year. And I go, Dad, I'm playing with all these women that I watched on TV like not even a year ago, like two months ago. And my dad's like, yeah, well, you're out here now. You just got to breathe and just relax because you're breathing the same air as them. And they're just they're just people. And I go, Okay. And I think the first time I played with, like, Suzanne Pedersen, I was so nervous because I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Suzanne Pedersen. Like, wow, she's such a good player. And I think the more I got over it, that they are just people and they're all super nice. Like, I think that's definitely helped me calm down and gain more confidence because I stopped putting them up above me rather than I just started treating them as, like, normal people, as friends pretty much. Who are really good golfers. Who are also really good golfers. (laughs) (laughs) So the season has just started, right? You've been away for a month, and that's been the first trip for the season. Is that correct? Yes. uh, It's been like four tournaments for me. Yeah. And how's that going so far? It's been pretty good. I mean, Thailand, Singapore were just like kind of bonuses, and I was very fortunate to be there again. And I try to make the best of uh, those two weeks. And Australia is always beautiful to go back to. Bahamas was a crazy week to start out with the weather being the way it was. But I mean, it's still a good start to the season. Both made cuts, good finish in Thailand. And I think it's, uh, it's going to be a good year. Yeah, you did have a good finish in Thailand. Um, what are you proud of so far in, in 2018? Uh, I'm definitely proud of like how uh, I'm starting to travel more by myself, how I'm handling myself rather than just goofing off. Uh, I'm starting to know when is the right time to practice and when's the right time to focus rather than goof off. Uh, I'm starting to take more time rather than rushing to make sure everyone's like happy or pleased. So I think I'm more focused on myself rather than trying to help or please others. Oh, that's, that's a big deal. 
I haven't learned that yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard one to learn, I think. Yeah. I'm still learning, but it's a hard one. So, was there something that happened that that sort of got you to this place? Uh, no, I mean, it's just kind of... I've learned over like the past two years I've been on tour that, yeah, everyone's friendly out here. Like We're all friends. We all get along. But I mean, in the end, everyone wants to win, and I'm not going to... If my friend and I are tied going into the last hill, I'm not going to go, hey, I'll, I'll bogey so you can win. No <laughs> one's going to do that. <laughs> so I kind of just want to make sure I know that for myself. Right. Because, I mean, in the end, there's only one winner out here, and everyone wants to win. Right. What are, Do you have some specific examples of how you're focusing on, on yourself? Um, I mean, like, I, I love my friends on tour. But I, I was like hitting balls in the Bahamas and I look over at her and I go, remind me to never warm up with you again. And she's like, oh, what, what do you mean? I go, we've talked for like the past 10 out of 15 minutes we've been here. I need a focus. We go tee off in like 45 minutes. Right. And she was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, OK, yeah, I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to warm up down the range more. <laughs> And we were both laughing, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm never warming up with you again. Yeah, I mean that time leading up to you know getting where you're supposed to go for a for a tournament is always so important. It, you know, like the time just rushes by. It goes by really quickly. I'll I'll be like, hey Kurt, uh, what time is it? And I'll be like, oh, 30 minutes till we tee off. Hey Kurt, what time is it? Megan, we're next on the tee. I'm like, oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. How does he prepare you, your um, caddy, Kurt? How does he prepare you or help you prepare for the tournaments? Ah, so Kurt's good. He, like, obviously is with me during the practice rounds. And when we're playing the practice rounds, he will be like, oh, just remember, like, when we get to this hole, we don't have to use this club. We can use this one. So then I'll hit, like, a second ball with the other club just to see where it puts me. And... Like, before we go out and play the real rounds, he'll just be like, all right, let's do this. Like, let's have a good day. And just kind of remind me throughout the round that, hey, it's okay. We still got, like, nine more holes to go. Or, hey, it's just one hole. We still got three holes. Let's have a good finish and stuff like that. So he's constantly positive with me, which I love. Yeah, that's great. Um, Say the phrase again about uh, play on the dough. No, the putt on the dough. Uh, drive for show, putt for dough. Yeah. So golf is the highest prize money sport I've interviewed so far for Hear Her Sports. And it's, you know, it's just such a different, you know, it's just in such a different range. So can you talk a little bit about prize money and, and how important that is to you? Uh, I mean, prize money, I tend to not really think about. I actually don't necessarily, I don't know, like majority of the purses we have out here. That just shows how much I don't know. <laughs> um, but I mean, in the end, like um, our money count determines if we keep our card or not for the next year. And I mean, to be honest, I look more towards like the top tens and the wins rather than uh, the money. Because I mean, the amount of money you get is how is a reflection on how well you played that week. So I know that if I do my job and I play well, then I'll get a bigger paycheck. So I guess I really don't know more about the money. 
Well, you know, you answered, I mean, you, you brought up a bunch of topics that I found so interesting looking at the LPGA website is it's such a big part of your p- player page, you know, like how much you've earned. And, and that's sort of a very public display of your success. Oh, it's super public. I mean, we have a friend back at home where I'll be like, I'll have a good week and uh, he'll text my dad going, Megan just made this much money. And I go, how does he know that already? I don't even know what I made. <laughs> and and he goes, oh, he looks it up. I go, oh, yeah, I don't even know. So I'm I'm really like the last to know about how much I make a week. Nothing's hidden. I mean, you know, if you make the cut, you're going to make such and such money. And like everyone knows top 10 gets the most but the difference between the winner and second place is pretty big which I think is it's okay because I mean the winner should have a bigger win bigger purse than the second place yeah and then also in other episodes we often talk about the inequity in prize money between the men and the women is that an issue for women golfers uh, I think women's golf is definitely getting getting up there I don't know if we'll be able to get up to where the men's are unless people start admitting that they do like watching women's golf. But, I mean, we're doing well for the LPGA, and I think that's a great thing. Our commissioner has done such a great job in getting us more tournaments and higher purses. And I think he's done a great job. And I think as women's golf starts to grow, the prize money will go up and more people will start to realize that women's golf is pretty fun to watch. If they don't already, you have you do have an agent, and although he's not making your travel plans, uh, what's it like to work with an agent, and and what's his role? Uh, it's different for me because I'm not so much a needy person. I I don't even think I like email him often, like asking for much. He go he always has to remind me, Megan. You know you can uh you can call me or text me or whatever to like do anything for you. You don't have to like always do things. I'm like, yeah, I know. I just don't need anything right now. And he goes, are you sure? Like nothing. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. And he just goes, you're the easiest client I have. I go, I don't need a lot. Yeah. I'll try to do it myself before I ask. Well, he must like that. He does like that. And then once in a while, he'll send me emails about possible connections that we need to do and stuff like that. Like recently, uh, he got me a new golf bag and everything, so it's. I think that was like the first thing I asked of him in a long time. <laughs> How do you do with the pressure being so public? Uh, I try to take it in the most positive way you can. I mean, in the end, you can keep certain things private, and I think as long as I can keep some things private, then I don't really like. I try not to do a lot of bad things. So I think as long as I keep my family and private life private, I'm pretty much an open book. Um, I could, you could literally ask me anything and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> or or um, I'd rather not say. I'm very open. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. One of the, the reason that question came to mind was I saw a bunch of videos that your dad created and has on <laughs> YouTube about, you know, like showing you shoveling snow and stuff. Yeah, um, I think in every video I say, like, you're so weird at least once. I just give him a look and I go, you're so weird. You know that, right? It's, it's funny because, I mean, they see that portion of my life because it is still related to golf and I don't mind shoveling snow. <laughs> 
No, they're really nice videos. Yeah, he knows how to lighten the mood for sure. <laughs> yeah. And how do you do on social media? Do you like doing that part? I'm actually really bad at social media. I'm I'm probably like one of the worst 20-year-olds with so- social media out there. Um, like before this year, I think I posted like maybe once every three weeks or something like that. And I think that's when my agent reached out to me and was like, hey, Megan, like, do you mind posting more often? <laughs> and I go... I'll work on it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're supposed to do it more than every three weeks. I was like, I'll, I'll start working on it. He goes, okay, because like, we want people to know that you do have social media and you do use it. I go, okay, I'll work on it. I'll, I'll try to post a picture every week. Do you dislike it? Uh, no, I, sh- I don't dislike it. It's just I don't need to be posting like, oh, hey, this is what I had for breakfast today. This is what I'm doing right now. Like, I'm working out. What are you doing? (laughs) Like, I'll post, like, little stuff once in a while. I don't feel like people need to know what I'm doing 24-7. Right. I agree. Totally agree. More so people don't want to (laughs) know. Well, they probably do. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, you met one of the founders of the LPGA, Marilyn Smith. What was that like? It was very, it was really cool to meet one of our founders of the LPGA. And I mean... Um, my rookie year, I met another founder. Oh, I think it was Shirley. And I was I was on like the seventh or eighth hole and in Arizona and she's in her golf cart and she goes, Hey honey, like you're having a really good day. Come take a picture with me and I go, Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to and she was like, I'm a founder. If they can't disqualify you I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. So I'm like half-heartedly in the cart because I'm like, I can't like sit in the cart. So I'm like leaning half-heartedly in and I smile and take a picture. And like, it was really cool. It's really cool that we get to see the founders, some of the founders that did start up the LPGA in Arizona. Doesn't it blow your mind that the founders of the LPGA are still alive? I mean, like I, that, it's <laughs> that it, it's that new a thing? It's definitely, it's amazing how new the LPGA is because, I mean, if the founders are still alive, no offense, I do not mean this in the most negative way, (laughs) but I mean, it means that the LPGA has just recently started to become as big as it is, and there's only one way this can go, and it can only go up from here. It's really impressive. Definitely, for sure. What are your goals for this season and also sort of more longer term? Ah, I mean... Definitely number one goal this year is to win. I mean, whose goal is it not to win? But definitely, I just want to try and keep making more cuts consistently, more good finishes, more consistent. And when I do make the cut, I want to finish in that upper half. So I'm like, rather than just barely making the cut and staying in that lower half, I want to be up there and getting like consistent top 10s, top 20s, occasional maybe a win or top fives, just so I can keep giving myself opportunities to try and get that first win. Mm-hmm. When you say that you want to win, does that does that resonate with you? I mean, do you think, is it sort of like, oh, yeah, I want to win? Or like, are you really like, okay, I'm going to win? Uh, it's definitely, it's hard to really sit with me. I know I can't put so much pressure on myself because the more pressure you put on yourself, the more stressed out you become and the harder it is and the more frustrated you'll get. So I kind of just every week I go in going, if I play my best, if I try my best, and we'll see how this goes because 
if I do my best and I feel as though I did the best I could and I didn't win, then it's okay because there's another week I can try my best and do it again. So I think that as long as I keep giving myself those opportunities to play my best and give the best chance I have, then it will give me the best opportunity to try and get a win. Mm-hmm. And so longer term, what are what are some of your goals? Definitely longer term. Um, I mean, of course, keep winning, keep playing well. I think I just want to play golf for as long as I can, to be honest, because I can't really see myself doing anything else. Um, maybe I, I should probably move down to Florida eventually uh, just because of the whole Massachusetts being cold in the winter. <laughs> cold and snowy. Cold and snowy in the winter. But um, I definitely want to try and, like, give my parents what they gave me and stuff like that. So I think I'm working hard not only for myself but for my parents as well because they've sacrificed so much for me that has given me this opportunity to be where I am. Do, do they want to move to Florida? Um, so my mom is a kindergarten teacher, and she teaches in Brockton. And I know she loves teaching kids. Like, she loves kids. She wants to help them learn and stuff like that. And I know she wants to continue teaching until how long, but I think in the end, my dad wants to go to Florida because he can play golf 24-7. Right. You said that you wanted to play golf as long as you can. Is that because you love it so much? It's definitely because I love it so much. And I mean, it's just such a great sport that you can play until your heart desires. You don't have to be like a football player and go, oh, yeah, I'm like 40 years old. It's getting too much on my body. Like golf, you can just play for as long as you want. And if you do it properly, you're not going to injure yourself. And it's just, it's even if I decide to retire from the LPGA, I will still be playing golf just for recreational fun because it's just that sport that you can just go out with like a family and be like, oh yeah, let's go play and stuff like that. Do you plan, uh, you know, do you think about your goals and plan them out and vision boards and all that kind of stuff? When I was younger, I, I used to make poster boards of my top five goals, but now I just kind of write it down on a little note on my phone because <laughs> I'm not even home enough to have a big poster board to wake up to anymore. Right. I like that you have top five goals. Do you do that every year? I do. Are they secret? They're, they're a little top secret. Okay. Some I... of them are, um, <laughs> some of them are funny goals. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. So now a, a little bit of fun. I, uh, I saw that you list your hobby as watching Netflix. So what are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> what are you watching? Um, so right now I don't have a series cause I finished like, I finished majority of the series I wanted to watch on Netflix, but, um, I'm open to suggestions. Uh, I'm kind of watching movies right now. Yeah. See, I, the reason I asked is cause I just finished the series I was watching. So I need a suggestion. Uh, yeah, I don't think you'd watch the series I watch cause what I watch are like the teen, uh, teen dramas, like the high school stuff. Uh. <laughs> Oh, well. Like the Gossip Girls and One Tree Hill and stuff like that. What's your favorite breakfast? Ooh, I love, okay, I love brunch. I'm not, like, I like breakfast and I like lunch, but I love brunch. My favorite breakfast food, though, is pancakes. I will go out to breakfast. I will, like, drive into Boston and go try, like, every breakfast place. And I think uh, the last time I went to Boston, my friend was like, 
Megan, what do you want in Boston? I'm like, we're going to try this breakfast place. And she goes, seriously? I could have made you breakfast. I go, it's not the same. But yeah, I love brunch. Brunch is my favorite. I can sleep in, maybe do a quick workout before brunch. And it's it's not as known or well-liked. And uh, what's your favorite on-the-go uh, snack or lunch or food or whatever? Something that you, t- you can take with you. I love uh, these acai bowls. So, like, it's kind of like it's a super fruit. So it's like a berry and it's grinded up and it's like kind of frozen. It's almost got like a like an icy fruity texture. It's purple. And you can put like bananas on it, granola, strawberries, and like some honey. It is like one of my favorite things to do. Like if I'm not super hungry, but I'm kind of hungry, that side bowl is perfect because like it's healthy. It's good for you. And I mean, it fills you up, but not overfilling where you're not going to have enough room for dinner later. Do you have to think about nutrition while you're out playing in a tournament? Uh, I definitely think about nutrition a little bit. Not as often. I try to, I do try to eat healthy. So I'll buy like the healthy snacks, like granola bars, rather than like candy on the golf course. (laughs) Yeah, when I was younger, I used to have like um, gummy bears and stuff like that. I don't think I can do that anymore. Because then I have to worry about the crash of the sugar. Right. Well, we're going to wrap up. You know, do you have any advice for, for young golfers? Um, I think if you're a young golfer or any golfer out there and you want to pursue golf, I say give it one shot because, I mean, you don't want to look back and go, oh, I should have tried it because you don't know if I would have made it or not. If you have the slightest inkling that you could try and make it out there, I say give it a shot because some people don't and they regret it and you don't want to be one of those people. Yeah. Did you have a hard time, you know, like going for it like that? Uh, for me, it was more so. So if I were to go to college, I probably would have gone to Wake Forest. And I went on an official visit there. And I was still deciding if I wanted to be a professional or go to school. And it was a, it was a long talk and a long, hard talk with my parents. Like, my mom and dad said, if you're going to go to school, you got to go for four years because you're not going to get anything out of like going only for one or two years. And I understood where they were coming from because the school was giving me a full ride and I didn't want to do that to the school. So when I did go on the official visit, I was the only girl who hadn't commit to them. And they pulled me aside, pulled my dad and I aside and were like, so like you've seen the school, you've seen what we can give you what what do you think do you think you can commit to us and my dad and I kind of looked at each other and said we really appreciate you guys giving us the time and everything but I'm gonna say no for now only because I want to go to Q school in the fall and see how well I do there and they were like oh okay like um so you're not gonna commit to us I was like, no, I'm not going to commit only because if I commit to you guys for the 2016 year, you guys will stop looking for someone who would really want to come here. And if I decided that I was going to turn pro, I would have messed up your school, like sports team, golf team, rather than giving you the opportunity to look for someone. And I told them if they found someone, I would not, I would totally understand because they weren't sure if I were to go or not. So with that being said, I went to Q school 
and I actually turned pro right before third stage. And um, I had to, I call, I gave the head coach a call and I, I told her, I go, I just want to let you know that I have decided to turn pro. And I wanted to tell you this personally before like social media and stuff got out that I decided to turn pro. And she was super understanding and just was like, wish me all the best. And it was the hardest thing to do knowing that I would have really enjoyed going to Wake Forest, but I think I made the right decision on my part deciding to turn pro. You do think you did? You made the right choice? I think I did because, I mean, I really enjoy it out here. I've made a lot of great friendships, and you can always go back to college. So I think that time I made up, like, I, I've learned so much traveling around the world, meeting new people, learning new cultures, like, just that alone, I could not replace that with four years in college. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. That, that's a hard choice. It was definitely one of the harder choices I had, um, deciding to turn pro or not, or deciding to go to school or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's worked out in my favor. My mom would still like me to get a high sc- or a college degree. I have a high school degree, <laughs> yeah. college degree. <laughs> uh, did you know what you would have studied if you had gone? I definitely wanted to do something in like more of the business aspect just so I could like uh, if I did turn pro after college, I wanted to know how to manage my money and where to invest and how to invest and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think I, if I were to go to college or if I do decide to start taking classes online, it would be more in that business so it could help me in my line of work. Right. Very interesting. Well, thank you. Thanks very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It's been great to get to know you. No, it's been great being on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And I look forward to your season. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks to you for listening. Tell your friends about the podcast. Spread the word about fantastic, strong women speaking up and doing amazing things. Please subscribe on iTunes and encourage people you know to do the same. It really does help more people find the podcast. There are some fun episodes already in the can, so keep listening. Thanks to Agnes Studio, the blog, She Rides Her Bike, Gold Mines, and Leap Strategies for super support and partnerships. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Bye-bye. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.